Hello and welcome to the Weekly Woodcast with Dennis and Michael Woodworth. And we have two special guests here today to discuss a topic that I think everyone relates to, or at least has something to do with, and that's taxes. To my right across the table is John Swain, the owner of Swain and Associates, a chartered accountant firm here in our local area. John is also a very uh, talented musician in his own right as well. And uh, I'm sure we'll discuss some of those details today. And to my left is Nick Saunders, who is the president and uh, part of the, a family-owned business that's been, you know, I think, the third generation, Nick? Fourth. Fourth generation um, family-owned business in the automobile industry, predominantly through Chrysler Canada, but yeah. you've also, right now, you own a master franchise as well as a family. Yep, One right. of the things I will let you guys know is that when you're talking, move close to the microphone. So you don't have to do it when you're not talking, but when you are Make sure that that microphone is, is close to you because if the further away you go, the less you hear, okay? Um, t- so let's get into taxes. John, you're the expert, obviously. Um, I've, I've often asked myself, where did the tax system come from? Why was it designed? I know there's a, there's a common rumor or a common thought that taxes were created after the World War, in World War I to be able to pay for the war. It's funny, I don't think we've ever paid for that war yet because we continue to add more and more on top of our taxes every year. So, you know, just from from your perspective, where did did the tax system come from? No idea. No idea. What you just said sounds about right, right? I would suspect that uh, probably before the World Wars, um, we, we probably financed a lot of, you know, public service through possibly imports, exports, all that kind of thing right. is my guess. No idea, to be honest. I know that certain things like like capital gains tax, for example, that came in in 1972, uh, probably a, as a result of a, a government program that, that, that got introduced and never went away like, like so many other taxes that we, uh, that we still are left with. And, uh, you know, to, um, to pick up on one point you had said, I don't think it's the goal of any government anymore to ever pay back anything. I know. Right. And <clears throat> I think that we all uh, have just gotten used to the fact that uh, some of these programs will just, just go on forever. And uh, I don't know what the breaking point is. Uh, I feel like there probably is one at some point. COVID. <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes it feels like it. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, to be continued. Everybody's complaining about 2020, but I don't know. 2021 might be an interesting year too. So. Nick, you're a business owner, and, and you inherited the responsibility from your father in that business, and, and you take on a major leadership in that company. And, and just explain to the general public how much time and resources you put into um, tax remittance, um, taxation itself on, on a, an annual basis through the company. Well, we, uh, along with myself and uh, a couple other uh couple other people within the organization we have two full-time in we've got uh two and a half actually uh in-house uh administrators that uh look after our mittens plus we have uh on retainer uh a, a full-size law firm or um accounting firm that uh handle uh all of our yearly quarterly uh um, issues so um it's one of the largest uh, components, um, components of your business of the business yeah outside of uh, actual infrastructure and inventory that would be the next the next uh, biggest uh, resource that we have now i'm going to head over to john because 
I've thought about this a lot. I was isolated in Cuba for 12 weeks, so I was alone. So you were thinking about taxes wow. and remittances? No, I was thinking wow, about a lot man. of things, John. I was thinking about a podcast that I, I wanted to do since I was a kid, um, a lot of things. But essentially, a company like Nix invests quite a bit of money on an annual basis to prepare revenue for another company. The CRA is a company in itself. I it's mean, it's definitely a stakeholder for right? sure. Yeah. And, and, and we had this conversation last night and with Michael Gray's last week that for many years, the federal government would always kind of separate themselves from the CRA. We're not affiliated with them. It's, it's, they're on their own entity, yeah. but we know based on what we're seeing right now with the pandemic, with all of the um, financial payments that are going out that are being administered through the CRA. You have to apply through the CRA to get any kind of funding. Uh, so essentially they work in hand, hand in hand. And, and that's something that is more transparent now than ever before. But it's, I find an amazing concept and I don't know of another industry, including yours, that you would do all of this work, administer it all, send all the money to a company that is profitability for them and they don't have to spend a dollar for it. We and we cooperatively agree to do it. And I don't know where that concept ever came from, that we would spend all this money, all this time, all, this re, all these resources on profitability from our companies and then essentially give those resources over to the CRA, which then indirectly heads to the federal government. And then when you look at the national deficits that we have, how poorly it's being managed, why shouldn't we question it? We should. We should always question our government officials. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I, I, I made no. Uh, um, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I made know. no. <laughs> no bones uh, about I, well, it. Well, you know, and I <laughs> certainly didn't necessarily uh, um, uh, go out on behalf of my company. It's important that you know that right. uh, our clients and small small business understand that you know we're we're here to help people. Uh, maneuver through the complexity of the tax yeah. system. It was a very complex system. Uh, however, uh, a few years ago now, um, I felt the current government brought in some tax changes, uh, you know, that that didn't support the trials and tribulations of small business owners. Right, and as everybody knows, like uh, my company is passionate, deeply passionate, very passionate, um, and. It's more, you know, Nick, you, you know this too. I mean, like what small business owners do every day is, should be absolutely celebrated and nurtured and supported because it's hard, right? It's really hard. And um, most of the small business owners I know are extremely talented, extremely in, uh, um, have a lot of endurance. They keep getting back up, they keep getting hit, they keep getting back up they keep doing this thing and i can assure you they're not doing it for money because arguably we could probably go make a lot more money <laughs> in the you know uh but we go at this uh, you know every day and uh and so uh it bothered me quite a bit i was very vocal about it at least personally vocal about uh the tax changes we've settled into them we're we're learning to live with them there's you know there's uh you know not much you can do and um uh, when it went down, uh, it there wasn't 
very much a consultation with the private sector or, I, you know, uh, after the fact there might have been, but, um, uh, you know, it's still, uh, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't something that really uh, made me feel like um, small business owners are the backbone that recognizes the backbone of the Canadian economy. Well, we, that's been sold to us for a long time. Yeah. However, when it comes to it, Nick, you, you tend not to believe it sometimes because of the amount of uh, accountability that's laid on us from just from a taxation standpoint, we are forced to be so accountable. I mean, we had a conversation one time about how a length of an audit that your company went through. And that's regular for a lot of companies across the country because the, the CRA you know, is always inquisitive and they think that we're guilty before we're innocent in a lot of cases. And it puts a lot of stress on us in regards to man hours and, and just administration. It's just an enormous amount of administration that goes into the tax system. And Ronald Reagan in 1980, he was interviewed by Johnny Carson, part of that isolation that I was down there, John. And, and, and Ronald Reagan talked about there needs to be a flat tax rate then it needs to be more simplified. Why do we make it so complex? And and I think consensus, the consensus here, we could all agree that it's complex because it's it's built for a very small segment of society. They make it complex that it's difficult to understand and that the billionaire class of the world really gets to take advantage of a lot of those taxation situations. And they lobby for them in a lot of cases, both here and in other countries. So it's 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 a... Uh, it's a challenging situation, and how you say how do you how do you deal with that? We we use a word in the Caribbean called tolerate. We tolerate it. There's a lot of things that happen in in the country that I live in. Half mm. of the time is they tolerate a lot of things, but does it make it right? Just because we tolerate it, I, I don't know. How do you feel about it, Nick? Uh, you know, <clears throat> without without critique and without. Um, Without uh, holding uh, governments to uh, to account, um, we we let it go further and further down the hole. I mean, um, you know, I don't want to get on the the whole wealth distribution as opposed to, to keep wealth, putting that wealth, microphone right close to, me. <clears throat> to as opposed to wealth creation. But uh, you know, small businesses create the wealth. No, I mean, uh, s- small businesses. I mean, we're we're there to like say cre- create the wealth. Uh, and uh, not for us, not just for us, but for all of our staff, all of our employees who all remit their own taxes. Um, but uh, I look back on, on, say, 2019, for example. We went through five separate audits wow. with our, our company in 20, 2019. Just n- nothing was found. It was all routine. Um, but in the industry that I'm in, we sell big ticket items. And when your uh, HST remittance from one month to the next, it, it dramatically changes. <laughs> there's a huge dramatically. We're a very seasonal business, and uh, that triggers, uh, you know, some sort of little flag in the uh, in CRA, and you get the phone call, and they want to see this, 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 and this. But I mean, then there's more resources that I have to dedicate out of my uh, company to uh, to support or to send those documents that uh, they're requesting, and you don't have a choice. You either you either do it or or you you pay for it. So you're paying for it one way or the other. Whether Absolutely. you're whether you're dedicating uh, resources internally, or whether you're paying fines for for not doing uh, what they've asked you to do. So um, it's uh, it, it's like say like I said before it, it's it takes so much of your effort in a small business, and you know thankfully we have a large enough company that 
we do have those resources in-house. But many don't. But that's the thing. There's so many, many owner-operators out there that are just trying to get through a day-to-day grind. And then at nighttime, they have to go and figure out what they need to do for uh, for tax remittance and, and deductions and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And it is very, very overwhelming for someone that wants to open up their own business because it is just a huge gamut to try to try to maneuver through. And you've got guys like John to help out, but, uh, you know, uh, guys like John are, they're, there's, they're not on every street corner. No, they're not. <laughs> you know, you have to have Thank a... Thank God sp- for that. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to have a specialized... On, uh, credit, a, a specialized uh, um, um, knowledge of, of the tax code uh, for these people because it varies greatly between large corporations and, and, and small business. Um, and, uh, unfortunately, um, the, uh, the, 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 how can I put this? The, the level of knowledge that is required just isn't out there, like I say, on every street corner. So thankfully we've got John in the air that uh, can handle a lot of that, but at some point he needs to go home at the end of the day too. Well, that's the truth. <laughs> and, and you think about it, John, and it, cause you're very resourceful and innovative in what you do, even in the very conservative industry that you're in. You kind of take your, I call your other personality, and you bring your other personality into an industry that really has a lot of conservative people, which I really applaud you for because it makes you very unique. And and what frustrates me is that, like, my father's been self-employed since I was a young boy, and he, they, he didn't have the resources from the contracts to be able to hire people to do certain things, so he had to do it himself. Now, was he diligent in doing it? Hell yeah. I mean, I've never seen a more organized man in my life. But it, like you said, it took up an enormous, time, enormous amount of time in his schedule. While I would be watching the Blue Jays, he would be in the office doing manual tax calculations or manual remittances until I taught him how to use a computer. And even then, I led him into using QuickBooks. or He used actually simply accounting. Learned how to use it effectively enough to actually organize things so he could work with the firm bring the cost of his preparation down from about 5% of his budget to under 1%, which was good Mm -hmm. Um, on a gross perspective. But still, it was a lot of time invested in to do that. And a lot of creative people don't have the knowledge base, John. So musicians, because your other other life, which I think I said earlier in the the podcast before we get on on air, I'm just going to let our listeners know that you know, John is one of the, the most foremost tax experts that I know in my whole life. And, 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 and Nick is, you know, in a family business. But, it, but if I was to choose what those guys would have wanted to be when they grew up, John would be the lead singer of uh, Bon Jovi or another band <laughs> like that. Or he would have his own band name, obviously. But he'd be all over the world singing rock songs. And Nick would be probably right now just retiring from the Blue Jays uh, after a 20-year career if yeah. they actually did what they wanted I'd, to do. I'd Probably get back into coaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be a good idea after having a 20-year career in the That's pros. Right. So, you know, when you look at the amount of man hours it takes to do those kind of things, what what do you suggest, John, for, for small business owners to do? Well, I'm, I'm glad y'all brought this up because um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it is actually a wonderful time to to... to 
to be addressing some of these concerns right. because of the technology that is out there. Now, it's only just beginning, but it is even now super powerful. You know, you mentioned uh, a couple of different accounting software packages. Um, the, the QuickBooks Online right now is absolutely the... Fantastic. Yeah, it's, it is, it, they've just really, really um, blasted off in the last couple of years. Um, some of the functionality of the stuff between you know, connecting your bank feeds right to the software, um, you, you know, technology where you can, uh, you know, for your listeners, I'm holding up my phone right now, but you, you take pictures. Oh, they're seeing you on video. Yep. Yeah. You, you're taking pictures, uh, you know, of invoices, receipts. And I'm, you know, obviously somebody like Nick, you do need a support, you know, an actual department. Um, but most of the folks that I deal with, 80% of the folks I deal with, like you said, at the end of the day, they got to go home and, and do this bookkeeping. Super easy. You take pictures of your invoices, your receipts. You throw them out. You know, it saves it in the cloud. It yeah. does the journal entries for you. You know, you just need to, to go in and make sure the computer made the right decision. Uh, but the computers are learning, too. You know, we've got, um, we've got uh, the artificial intelligence is learning, you know, which is, some people find that very scary. It's uncomfortable. Uh, yep. It's, but, it's, an, it's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, you think that's the, if, if you think that's the only way in which that, Big Brother's in your a, life. That's another podcast. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, like these are, uh, uh, you know, uh, our firm predominantly, um, our value proposition is we coach small business owners. In addition to getting their taxes done, we actually want to help them increase profitability, increase right. the value of the businesses. It is so powerful in a, you know, with a cloud-based system. I get on the phone with a client, you know, Nick, Nick's not my, my, uh, my client, by the way, uh, um, full disclosure. That could yeah, be I don't know why. Yeah, what's, what's with that, Nick? <laughs> uh, uh, but, we all went to school uh, together, man. Come on. <laughs> but Nick calls me and says, you know, I'm just wondering, like, I'm wondering about something. And, I, you know, I just sec, Nick. I, I pull up his profile and we're looking at his stuff together right. in real time and having, you know, good, meaningful discussions. So, yep. um, I, I say that because your listeners, your viewers, um, uh, if you're not thinking about the innovations out there in the bookkeeping, you're doing way too much work. Yeah. And if you're spending time doing admin, I mean, we're not going to completely eliminate admin, but if you're spending all this time ripping your hair over admin, I suggest either get somebody in your life that can take better care of you so that you can do what it is that you're best at doing. You'll bring more value to your organization, right? And, uh, you know, streamlining so that you're, you're adding value all the time. Remember, bookkeeping, accounting, tax, all remittances, all that crap, it's all enablers. These are things we have to do to not go to jail, to, you know, right. They do nothing to add value to your business. No. Right. Making good decisions on the numbers that adds value, right? Knowing like when I'm either going off the rails or if I'm on the rails, how do I stay on the rails? Like those are value add decisions and that's, you know, good up-to-date bookkeeping using all the latest uh, innovations is, is the way to do it. So let's talk about our governments and how, you know, Nick, if we were talking baseball, um, you always evaluate the performance of an organization based on the result. The process is a, a big part of it. The process is everything, but the result is really what, like last night, the, the Dodgers won the World Series. The result was there. The last three or four years, the result wasn't there in the end, and they were criticized for it in a lot of cases. So, Michael, pull up on, uh, pull up on the screen what the national deficit is for the country of Canada, the Canadian government. So while Michael's doing that, I mean, what I'm concerned about 
as a taxpayer, as a Canadian citizen in my fifth decade, okay, is we are forced to be so accountable as entrepreneurs and as taxpaying citizens, not just business people, but everyone. Why don't we force that level of accountability on the people that we elect and pay to do those jobs for us? I cannot comprehend and then what happens is is someone gets you know elected for a four-year term or an eight-year term whatever the case may be and then they they leave the political life then they just wash their hands it's over it has nothing to do with me anymore kind of attitude when you're in this kind of position and you look at the kind of numbers um so the 2019 canadian federal budget was presented 19th of March, total projected revenue of $338 billion, expenditures of $355, resulting in a projected deficit of $19.8 billion in one year, John. And that, was, that would have been, we haven't, they haven't tabled a budget in over a year, though. Yeah, exactly. But I want to know what our total deficit is right now. The resulting deficit was $984 billion, for, uh, for a little over 4.5% of the gross domestic product. Compared to a seven hundred and seventy nine billion in the previous year. Wow. Wow. So I mean, you have to and you, and this will come on your I mean, Nick, in your case too, you guys have to spend money to make money. But if every year you're in business, you had a, a large deficit, how many years before they come knocking on your door? It wouldn't be very long. <laughs> <laughs> right, John? So just you know, from your perspective. Yeah, those are big numbers. Those are big numbers. But they're almost, you can't even, you can't it's even not, get your head around those numbers. Conceivable. That's, they're just numbers on a page Jeff, when you're reading Jeff it. Bezos might understand one or two, but. Yeah, you know, and, 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 you know, it's, it, it, they're just stifling, but, you know, especially when we, we hear our, our southern neighbors too, like the numbers they're throwing out. Is, Always. I, you know, some of these numbers, I didn't even know that, those numbers exist. I, I thought they were just uh, imaginary stuff numbers. that kids would that say. You'd never get to. You know. Um, kind of like we'd never get to the year 2000. Mm. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if we'll get to 2021. But <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, this sat Saturday's, uh, Friday or Saturday is Halloween. Saturday. Saturday. So Saturday, we got, we've got we got a blue moon, full moon, uh, time I change. Know. I know. I don't think we're getting past <laughs> Halloween, baby. <laughs> tell you, the, uh, the, they say at the end of the year, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we thought that in 2000, right, guys? Yeah. We thought our the software y, was going to crash. They go Y2K. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Y2K <laughs> crash, right? I mean, <laughs> did you? I, I might have had my fifth that, that night. I actually got engaged. Uh, I, I got engaged uh, 1999 at, at about 11.59. That was awesome. Got engaged because uh, awesome. I, I figured, you know, if, if the whole world's going to end, I'd like to at least her to know that, uh, you know, yes I was committed. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, so getting get to that accountability, why aren't we forcing more accountability onto our government to do that? I mean, it just, it's, it's, it bewilders me that we don't have some form of organization in our country of intelligent responsible, diversified people that collectively here, here, work together. Yeah, if, I can, if you don't mind, if I can help yeah. yourself, yeah. I, I think people generally have forgotten 
the duty that each one of us have in this country. I agree. And it's not just to get out and vote. Everybody says, oh, I would get out and vote because, well, yeah, you should get out and vote. But it's a duty that each one of us as Canadian citizens have to actually understand what is going on. And that's a cultural thing. Yes. Right. That, and that begins even possibly at home, in school. Like, like, so, yeah, like, we can ask our, you know, the question, of, well, why isn't there more? Co- yeah, my question is, is what happened to the generation, you know, say, after World War II? When, you know, when our brothers and fathers all went off to, to fight and lost their lives. Right. Right. And people didn't take for granted freedom and, and didn't take for granted understanding what's going on. with the we, I mean, what, what was our voter turnout last election? I was, it was low. Okay. It was low. Right. And, and I know, Hold up, Michael. See you know, the there's, a, there's a pile of people I talk to that, that, you know, they can't be bothered. They don't, they don't vote. And I ask them, well, why not? They disengage. Well, they, they, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, the politicians are all crooks. That's well, not true. Well, the thing is, is what do you even know about their policies? That's Before we talk about what, you know, what do you, what do you know about their policies? Cause if you don't know what each party's policy is, they, they vote for the best looking guy. And this is it. That's one of the biggest problems. People yep. are uninformed and they have no interest in becoming informed and all they want to do is regurgitate what they've heard on Facebook and on Twitter. Right. Oh, right. man. I mean, how many people uh, actually sit down and watch question period? How many people actually sit there and watch a House of Commons proceeding or visit your provincial legislature to see what is taking place uh, when government is sitting? That's how you formulate your own opinions and your own uh, ideologies. Don't listen to what other people have to say. Well, you I think you got to form them for yourself. If you look at education, because we all we all graduated from the same school, so the education system was designed in the industrial in the industrial age, right? I mean, this, the schools are even built. You look at the time that we go to school mm-hmm. is similar to what our workday would be, right? So, and look at the subjects that we're studying. We're studying a lot of the same subjects now that we studied when in the 1950s and 60s yeah why haven't we evolved there's countries in the world sweden is one of them um uh finland's another one that that leads the way and that they the way they educate their students are so dramatically different now than ever before why don't like political science was a subject but really like why don't kids learn about how the the country operates economically. Uh, I, uh, Why don't they learn about, you know, tax remittance so that when they get their first paycheck, they know yeah. that there's, mm-hmm. you know, we all collectively invest into employment insurance and that, you know, your CPP contributions goes towards your future pension if we're lucky enough to get it. Um, you know, those kind of concepts should be learned at an age where you're aware of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, I just don't I, You know, it's funny because, uh, you know, we have, we have, kids similar similar age yeah, and then i've got a uh 17 year old right now um that uh constantly a lot of what comes back is dad like you're assuming i know this stuff like like how to open a bank account like how to like budgeting money uh taxes like what writing what a check yeah writing a check i mean what's what? a check <laughs> right like yeah a check who writes a, a check anymore <laughs> right and really and the, who but, writes a check true True. But you know they got a point. I mean, like uh, guys, like like I, I took trigonometry. Like, do, 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 have you ever? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, 
Algebra, that's a great subject. Algebra is a good one. Okay, I can say that as an accountant. Mm-hmm. Take algebra. Yep. Um, you know, let's let's teach our kids how, how to do a tax return. Why not? Grade ten, start learning some like budgeting. Like, why did we get rid of uh, home economics? Oh, I was just gonna. You right. read my mind, right. John. I learned. There's recipes Industrial I learned. Arts with Carl <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. The, the kids in our school today, they wouldn't have how to cut a board on a, yeah. on, a, on a any type of apparatus at all. They wouldn't have yeah. a clue. Yeah. Not a clue. They YouTube it. Well, if we're going right? down, yeah, that's true. That, yeah, they got the YouTube. <laughs> if we're going down the educational rabbit hole, yeah. Um, technical trades. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this is there is your industry, and there's a your shortage. Industry. There is a serious shortage Absolutely. of technical trades. Absolutely. I mean, what a great opportunity for a young man or woman to really make themselves a career. For example, collision work. Uh, there's there's one course left in all of Nova Scotia. Wow. Uh, for uh, auto body um, yeah. apprentice. Uh, it's literally uh, a dying, you know, and, and, dying breed. and on that note, um, I would encourage small business owners that, that are having a shortage, like call your, 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 your Nova Scotia community college, like Absolutely. call them and complain. I, I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I call, uh, Oh, I forget her name, but I, I call her, you know, Denise? I got her in speed dial. Yeah. Denise. Denise. Yeah. And great. And Denise has been so supportive, <laughs> but you know, it's like, we need more accounting technicians, technicians, like let's get. Let's get that ramped up. And then, and of course I'm going all the time. Like my, my clients are, have severe shortages. Like, can we get some of those things in, in place and just, uh, you know, Absolutely. so, so be a squeaky wheel there peeps. But now so. are, are, are students aware of the opportunities that are out there or do they just get pushed through the system and you got to go to university, well, got to go to university. Who, who do we have in school? We had a guidance counselor. What's their job? Right, Annette Martin was our our guidance counselor, and and Annette was a really great gal. Loved her to death. Spent a lot of time with her when I was president of student council. And but really, that's what you want to do is you want to guide people in a direction towards their passions. It, it was mine was radio broadcasting and television broadcasting. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. But we have two kids here that live in our home that are community college students. One is in culinary, um, and the other one's in, in industrial mechanic. So we need those types of people Absolutely. in society, oh, and we need to have that part of our economy flourish more. Mm-hmm. And it, it creates a more uh, diversified, a more productive economy across our country. Um, I see it all the time, like I said, in the other country that I, that I spend time in, in Cuba, that the amount of education that they put into practical trades is in, in unbelievable. Like, unbelievable. And um, I just think we, we need to, do more of that but in a more innovative way kind of like john what you're doing with your firm doing it doing it in a way that's just not the same like it's always been and we need people that are going to be innovative and creative to create a new form of education that really is a standard a new standard of excellence in the field so that our kids can grow into society being as productive or even more productive than we were i think we we always aspire to have our kids be more productive than we are and live a better life. Well, to do that, we have to give them the vehicles to do so. So, and what happens when they become trained and uh, start great careers? They pay more taxes. They do. <laughs> they do. Which they're less dependent on the other part of society, where we have social systems in place. And John, you can you can dig into this for us a little bit. Is that part of our taxes looks after our people yeah. that that maybe have challenges in gaining employment? or even 
in a career, trying to find a career. Cause I was, there was one of the books I read last year was, is job, career, purpose. Mm-hmm. And really I've been fortunate enough. And many of you guys have been as well that you go through the job part of your life. Then you go into the career part of your life. If you can get to the purpose part of mm. your life, then you're fortunate. It's not always easy, yeah. but it's something that you, you don't count the hours anymore. Yeah. So, you know, comment on, on just really our social systems and what we do. Well, you know, and, and never before have we seen such a dynamic contrast between, you know, um, upper and lower, upper and lower yeah. you know, and so I don't know about you guys, but I, truly you know we've got our problems but i've never i don't think i've ever been more proud to you know to be a canadian um we got a lot of wonderful things here yes we pay for them but um you know great health care uh um uh just a great culture um you know we do take care of our uh lower income seniors through the old age supplement uh, as well as uh low um um, extremely lower end income uh, through the guaranteed income supplement, and of course, uh, folks that pay into the CPP, which is most of us. Um, that's that's a decent uh, pension plan. Um, so, uh, between healthcare, um, the OAS, the CPP, the GIS, uh, uh, it's it's not too bad. Our hospitals, our hospitals, our roads, our, exactly. Our law enforcement. Those are all part of our taxes. And yeah. I, I have no problem volunteering my contributions for those types of things. I just, the accountability aspect of it. And I have no problem collectively investing into our total product. When we watch the Olympics, we're all Canadians. Mm-hmm. When we watch um, Team Canada's hockey team, we're, we're all on the same team. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we individualize ourselves too much as a nation and we don't look at taking care of everyone. We all like to wear the jersey when it's, you know, opportunistic. But really, we need to wear the jersey all the time. And a lot of that, what John said, goes back uh, to being uninformed. Like, can our, can our systems be better? Oh, of course they can. Can our health care be better? Can our public education be better? Can our support of low-income families be better? It all can be. But we sometimes take for granted how good we actually do have it here in Canada. Oh, I and see it, bud. There are some bad situations. But... You know, travel the world. We're in a very lucky country. We are very fortunate to be where we are. And, uh, you know, a lot of that goes back to people just not understanding what the alternative is. Like you, like we talked about uh, soldiers going off to war. They had a purpose when they came back. They, they saw what the alternative is uh, for the, the, the lucky few that did come back. And uh, to, to um, say that our country's broken and... Uh, that uh, the, the, the systems don't work is false. The systems work. They may not be the, the greatest. They always can be improvement. You can always improve yourself. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have it a heck of a lot better than a good chunk of yeah. the people around this globe. Well, just recently, we were ranked, I think, if you look up the, the um, ranked the, the best place to live in the world, Michael, I think Canada's ranked one. And... We're always compared to the United States. The, the, we, I don't know why, John, but why does why do why does every country or every nation compare themselves to the United States? Huh. I don't know why anymore. That's I just nothing but I'm chaos, not, man. I, yeah, I'm not sure we are anymore. Right there. Quality of life rankings. Yeah. Canada number one. Where the United States is on this list, yeah. Well, you have to scroll a long ways, Michael. 
<laughs> so. Sweden, Sweden's really big. From, I love their school system. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 No, the the, the Nordic uh, European states have yeah. there. The, you know, there's some incredible things going on over there. Absolutely, um, a lot of innovation. Oh yeah, I mean their their work days are shorter. No they're kidding. more productive. Uh, um, it's just. Uh, we should. I, I think we should really look to, to some of those countries to load more. Michael, we'll have to we'll have to load for about fifty or sixty or yeah. seventy different loads. No, I it's think. Not a mystery to me why all of these are European. Uh, yeah. So I mean, you look at it, and you know, you, but it, that's amazing. Like Canada, yeah. we're first. Yeah, there's United. Now, I don't States. know what list that is, but I 15. like it. <laughs> I like yeah. it. Um. You know, it, and Dennis, I mean, I can only imagine you come, uh, you know, you spent quite a quite a bit of time in Cuba for you to come back here seeing, you know, you know what the, the people and. Well, I, I will say there are some very good systems down there. Their mm -hmm. medical system, their their employees, because they're all government employees. So their 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 medical system is is I've unbelievable. That, yeah. Unbelievable. Now, their facilities are dated. I mean. Mm. And it's prevalent when you walk into a hospital and you see you know, what they have access to and what they can work with. It's almost like, like at going back in the 1940s or 50s and trying to build a house today, right? If I put that in perspective. Or vehicles from the 1940s and 50s, and then you don't have the tools to actually repair the now, vehicles. That's, is, that's the hard part is, in is Cuba. Is that more um, sanctions that they cannot acquire um, supplies? Or well, the biggest, the biggest country in the world that they should trade with is the United States because they're 90 miles away from them, but mm -hmm. it's zero, there's zero. Yeah. So what they have to do, you think of it, 11 million people, all their incomes, most of their income, not all of them, but literally most of them come from the government mm -hmm. and the average 30, $40 a month. Well, some of well, that's no big deal. Well, that's, you know, 300 million a month. So you have to, if you look at the economy, you have to generate in import to generate outside revenue, which is tourism. Uh, their doctors go abroad. So when, when um, for example, when the pandemic hit, they sent doctors to Italy and Spain to help. And then in return, they actually get credits from that company, that country. They get credits, and they usually use credits to get product shipped to the country so that their citizens can buy the shampoo, cleaning supplies, and things like that. It's, I've learned so much in the time that I've been there. There is no perfect state. If you look at Bernie Sanders in the United States, who I think is the most progressive politician in the United States. Elizabeth Warren's close, um, but Bernie's very progressive. And in the United States, they don't want what we have. They don't want what we have. They don't want to pay for it. They want to individualize each family and make them responsible. But John, Nick, your daughter gets sick very ill and it's going to cost you two or three million dollars where do you get that money well it, it just goes back to the old saying it takes a, a village to uh, and that's to why oh canada is i think if we all collectively together invest into helping people that go through traumatic situations in their lives just in that situation alone and when you see someone go to the hospital and is looked after by our physicians and our hospital our nurses and then you see that they recover. That's a collective win for all of us. You can't you can't pay money for that. That's, well, how much that's, is it uh, worth? That's uh, you ask you know, a mother priceless. or father how much that's worth. Mm -hmm. And in the United States, it's the opposite. 
they literally lose their whole lives economically mm-hmm. for their children. And who wouldn't do that? I would in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, you can say what you like. We do pay more, more than our fair share. You know, and, and, and I think that the, the moral of all, all of this, you know, this, this talk is uh, don't take that for granted. Like, we mm-hmm. need Truth. to not take that for granted. And so, you know, I know it can be boring to find out what the different policies of the different parties are, but, you know, it starts individually. We have to, we have to treat it like a duty and learn, you know, what is going on so that we pick the right representatives, hold them accountable, Amen. right? And that's how it's, it starts. I mean, there's no... I really don't think adding another big brother to the, the, the you know another association to look like it it culturally and so that'll take time, but parents talking to their kids make make you know making them know you know well what do the liberals have on in in their policies what do the PCs have what do the NDP have, you know, what how does that speak to you like like obviously we don't want to tell our children who to vote for. We, we want to help them to be thinking through what, what values that that. Absolutely. And the one thing that, you know, I would encourage families to do is to find someone in your family that actually is passionate about politics mm-hmm. and, and designate them to become the individual in the family that becomes knowledgeable on the subject and then share it at the dinner table. Yeah. Share it on a Saturday evening. I know it sounds boring, but the bottom line is that there's a lot of conversation pieces in government that you didn't know about before that really you can take advantage of. Yeah. We just talk about the medical system. We talk, we talk about our roads and we talk about a lot of other things that we have access to. Somebody in your household that takes on that responsibility that can collectively inform the rest of the family would be mm-hmm. a huge advantage. Uh, making sure that, you know, as a family now that now this is easier said than done, I, I get it. But it, being able to have a dialogue where people have different points of view. Absolutely. Um, and that's all right. And that's, like it's I healthy. say this because if my, if some of my daughters see, see, see into this, they might be laughing going, oh yeah, what a, what a hypocrite. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, um, I, I'm working on it peeps. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, one other thing though, John, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong in my opinion mm-hmm. of having a bipartisan point of view. Yeah. I mean, I agree. You know, you, you can align the majority of your, uh, theories with one political party, but don't close the door on the other ones. I agree. Right? Right. Because it's good to have a diversified mm. uh, thought. Well, if mm-hmm. we look at, because we're passionate about sports, mm-hmm. or even in the music world, you have five people in a band. They don't always agree. Yeah. A Fleetwood Mac, look at that. I mean, like, that tells you right there, <laughs> they, right? 46 <laughs> members, right? <laughs> I mean, like, you don't always agree. And even in an organization in sports, you don't, you don't mm-hmm. always agree on everything. So I believe and this is just my belief, is that a minority government is a more accountable government. When you get to a majority government, we looked this up last night. Actually, uh, the Liberal Party was formed on July 1st, 1867. What was that? What was that year? Confederation. Confederation, man. They formed the Liberal Party the same day as Confederation. And then way before us, really what it was is that people in business would contribute to those political parties and then get influence from those parties. Hey, we got you in. Now you're helping us out. And it still exists today. I mean, let's, we're not going to put our head, head underneath the carpet and go, you know, it's, it doesn't happen. It happens. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. You know, but I think 
before the internet ever existed, mm-hmm. a lot of people got away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Right. Oh, definitely. You know, and, and that's why I agree with you, Nick, is bipartisan is, is nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing well, wrong and, with that. Well, and, you know, and unfortunately, like, all we as a society see now is is sort of the polarization of, of um, you know, political figures and, and uh, truths and untruths and, and uh, you know, name calling when when somebody uh, opposes a, a view, yeah, and especially social media today. Yeah, and I, I, and, I, and look, uh, like a, you know, I that that that's definitely happened uh, to the south of the border, but um, it all rubs off, right? It rubs off, and and it's all right. Like lots of different perspectives, a melting pot of ideas to bring about a better society. Well, we don't have a king. Uh, we still have a queen, I guess, over in England that we. We do. Canada does have a, yeah. a queen, right? We used to, when we used to go to school, we used to sing "God Say You're yeah. Our Queen" every day, right? So, uh, who who had uh, Mrs. Romke? That might Eva, have been Eva Romke. My father did. Yeah. Do you even have father, Mrs. Romke? No, I did not. But uh, I spent a lot of time with with Eva Romke up yeah. on Empire Street. Yeah. Who just passed to, away? Uh, I know. Yeah. What a incredible she was my uh, tough favorite teacher. Yeah, and I, tough. you know what? Right, right up until she died, I'd still go visit her up on, yeah, on Empire Street. She's a but, great lady. But. Uh, I'll never forget. Every morning we we'd uh, pledge allegiance to the Queen. That's the truth. We would say the Lord's Prayer. I know. Imagine all that today, um, <laughs> and, and then and then and then she would walk around the room to make sure that all our nails were. Truth. Which if she saw my nails right now, she'd be uh, I'd be in trouble. Time to go to work. Yeah, uh, but, but you know, yeah, times times change. Hold I on. mean, they had they had. Uh, uh, Wayne Mossman was one of our well, teachers. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne used to yeah, kick the field goals with the garbage cans and smash uh, <laughs> those ruler, you know, meter sticks. Boom! He'd smash those. You'd be scared to death. Yeah, those days are long gone. Yeah, right. yeah. Glenn Matthews was another Glenn one Matthews. used to break rulers. Man, he yep. just it's, uh, oh. But going to our educators, we had some really good people. Yeah. Yeah. But I think innovation. We need to get more innovative. We need to get more creative and. We need that uh, the John Swain approach to education comparing to what you do in the accounting world because it just it, it's necessary. We need to evolve, yep. and it, it's time. We have to stop relying on government. Mm-hmm. We, we need to start relying more on ourselves yeah. and then making them more accountable, having a, an organized group of people in this country saying, we're going to force accountability on you guys because it's necessary. Having said that, we talk about it. When you look at the rankings in the world, we're not too, doing too shabby of a job. <laughs> Certainly by that list. That's, uh, yeah, so no, the glass half so, full, so, half so, empty, right? So, you know, let's just scroll up to the voter turnout. and Like that graph right at the top. You know, see like that, if you're trending, if you average that out, that's trending down. Yeah, Meanwhile, trending down. We're, our lifestyles are, you know. Um, that's because I don't think things have gotten bad enough that right. people are just... I agree. You, you right. see the population yep, just here. going along. Mm-hmm. Well, the more band-aids you put on society, mm-hmm. the quieter they become. That's right. And I think today, right now, with what's going on, which I never thought in our lifetime that we'd be sitting together like this in a time where it's so dramatically different that, that a virus could slow down the world. Mm. Not, not just a community, not a country. SARS, I remember the SARS con- uh, concert. I watched it when I was in Cuba, in Toronto, right, with the Rolling Stones and, all, you know, the Blue Rodeos of the world. ACDC was there. I tried to look back at, you know, when we that virus was prevalent in our society. So different. Like, this one hit everybody. Yep. This was the, you know, the, the atom bomb that just hit everyone in the world. Yeah. Can we figure out what happened and why? 
I, I, I said this last night. It's almost like a, uh, what the Joker said when, when John Kerry was in Batman. You know, it's a riddle wrapped up in an enigma, you know? <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it fills up too much space in your head. Yeah. We, we have so much stuff in our head. We got to clear our heads and we got to focus on the new direction that we can come up with solutions, mm-hmm. you know? And people like you guys are, are a big part of that. And, I th- and we go back, we're talking federal and provincial politics, but at the municipal level, it, we've, as a town where we live, we've done pretty darn good over the last little while. I mean, uh, our mayor, David Mitchell, and the new councillors that were just elected in last week, you know, we've got some tall tasks ahead of us, but I think we, we're chopping wood really well in this community. And this, little tiny, town, yeah. this tiny little dot, uh, you know, on the planet has done yeah. not too shabby. Well, there's a good... There's a good wave of energy I feel in, in Bridgewater, there um, is. and you're starting to see it. Like uh, you know, I I I, find, I think our main streets starting to look nice. It's, no, it's it all takes time. It all takes time, but you know, you get a couple of players in the mix that 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 you know, want to do better, and and then pretty soon um, peer pressure uh, creeps in, which is a wonderfully powerful tool. No question. And uh, and just good things happen. So uh, now I'm I'm. And it all starts with a vision. I yeah. mean, you know, exactly. uh, look at uh, the mayor and the council. They had a vision, yeah. and it doesn't happen overnight, but yeah. it, there is progress. I mean, yeah. you know, we're soon going to be a destination. Main Street is soon going to be a destination on the South Shore, more so than it ever was before. Yeah, I think so. And it's it's very, uh, very encouraging. Yeah. The um, One of the things for me is is that if you – I always say if you have success, so if you look at sports, there's always like in the NFL or Major League Baseball, the NBA, especially the NBA right now, there's a new way of doing things in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Back in the day when it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, and you know, those guys, uh, Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, it was the big man. Shaquille O'Neal was probably the most recent yep. one you talk about. Now the game has changed, and I think it's trending back into the big man type, especially after what just happened with the Lakers. But what I'm trying to get to, the point I'm trying to get to is model success. And there's trends that you follow because you see success from it. And when you model success, then you duplicate it, you know, again and again and again. Now, geographic regions, but a lot of things that Michael Graves, who was an eight-year counselor who was here last week, a lot of the things that Michael talked about was incredible. Just the little things that are being done in society that people don't hear about every day. And then they go home and complain, right? Mm -hmm. It's, I think if we look at the glass half full rather than half empty, I think we're, we're doing all right. And we do okay here. Provincially we've done well, the best in the world Mm. in this pandemic, the province of Nova Scotia (laughs) has done the best in the world. And I have told people in Cuba, Dominican Republic, this is the place in the world to live safely with the COVID virus. I mean, how great is that? Yeah, it's pretty good. Number one. Yeah. Number one. We weigh headlines all over the world. Yeah. Not number 20, not number 30. One. You know, and, and we're still uh, and we're still going strong. Still going well, strong. Well, and and you know, it's funny because I've had lots of discussions like, why? Like, how did we end up here? And I think culturally, um, we're used to uh, you know being in the Atlantic provinces. We're used to a little more stability. You know, we're we're less populated, more rural. We you know we 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 never see the booms as much as the rest of Canada, but we don't necessarily see all the lows either. We just sort of you know. 
And I well, think we uh, also have this big body of water around us, John. Right. That protects the whole. We have one little door <laughs> that's right. that connects to New Brunswick and says that you're allowed in or you're not. Yeah. And that's similar to Cuba because yeah. Cuba's had very few cases of COVID right, as well. Right. And when they do, the military hospitals shut it right down. Yeah. So it's very safe. And that's why, you know, in one of my industries in business, I wanted to work with creating a bubble here, going to like a place yeah, like Holguin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that going to happen? Yeah. It's yeah, we're happen. yeah, we it's going to Cuba the Yeah, it's going to happen because then yeah. there's no because there's no quarantine then, yeah. right? Like there's no 14-day quarantine and the the office in Toronto is working with the federal government right now because it makes the most logical sense in the world because we know that if we let traditionally people that travel, which they're going to travel, just they're going to when you get to January, February, March and April, these people are going to be like enough enough like right. so and there's going to be a percentage of those people that are not going to isolate. That's just the way statistics work, right? Yep. yep. This this ensures that 100 percent, 100 percent, we're we're following the best policy possible. And and as a province, if the federal government says no, we're not going to do that. We should inf- we should put pressure on the federal government to let Nova Scotia do that. Because well, we, we should, are the standard. We should get some, get some kind of reward for uh, well, being we are the standard. one, right? That's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. You know. So well, and it, you know, we, we're not like like. The idea wasn't necessarily to eliminate uh, COVID-19 at all. Um, it's just to keep that wave down so that we don't overwhelm the system. And we jumped on it culturally as a people. We just jumped on that. And, and so it wasn't that hard. Stay six feet away, wear the masks, wash your hands, you know, isolate if you're traveled. Like none of this stuff has been that hard. Really? You know, like you got to get up in the morning. Right, yeah. you, 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 mm-hmm. you, there's an option for you to shower too. Right, but after a while, if you choose not to shower day after day, you're, you're probably going to have a different virus. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I mean, a mask yeah. should be no big deal. No, it really. And in the beginning, I was always. Uh, Glenn was here last night. And he's a no mask guy, and I'm like, you're not protecting yourself. You're protecting others, which means right. that you have empathy. Mm-hmm. And I think as Canadians, especially. Nova Scotians or Atlanta, you know, Newfoundlanders are the same way because that um, we have a lot of empathy in the world. Well, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're hospitable. I can't say it. Hospitable. hospitable. We're hospitable. People. We are. I mean, we, when you we, look at the Swiss yeah. air crash. Right. When the Swiss air cla- crash happened. Right. Um, look at what happened in 9-11. Yeah. All those planes landed. Right. In Newfoundland. In Newfoundland. And they looked after everybody. It just... I, it's 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 in our blood. It is. We we want to. Uh, and you know the whole the whole mask debate. You know mm. what? It's a small inconvenience. No mm. kidding. We I have mean, a lot of inconveniences in our world. Yes. <laughs> if that is the worst thing that's going to ruin your day, uh, you might know exactly. you might want to reevaluate uh, what you're doing. With yeah. It, you violent <laughs> violent agreement. Um, yeah. Especially if it's close to home. That's right. Mm. If it's one of our parents. Mm-hmm. That's right. right. It's Peter. Yep. It's Jerry. You know. If it hits close to home, then you'd say, why didn't I? Mm-hmm. Right? I think sometimes we separate ourselves that it won't happen to us. And unfortunately, with this, hindsight's not twenty twenty. Oh, no, it's not. You have to have some foresight in this situation. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to. Absolutely. I mean, I just, yeah. um, you know, it's it's about being part of the solution, not part of the problem. Yeah. It really is. And, I mean, taxes fund the things. Think about how many people that have been out of work have lost their businesses. I, I Restaurant owners, just I'm it's, just uh, mm. the try. I mean, the travel industry. Now, I don't own one company, but if I only owned an agency, mm-hmm. that was my sole 
uh, source of income, yep. I, it, it'd be over. You'd be packing up shop. Yeah. Just it's over. And there's a lot of people out there that that's all they did. Yeah. So the government has done more than other countries have. I mean, I will give the federal government some kudos that, Mm -hmm. you know, we've rolled up the presses and started printing money like we've never seen before. In fact, well, in most cases, they didn't print anything because it's all just digital now. So, I mean, but the (laughs) reality... They wrote, they wrote code. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Thousands. But Um, but there's a lot of people that have been looked after. uh, I just hope they don't get too lazy and just take it, you know... Well, put it this way, uh, you know, I, I, sorry, I, no, I think no, what your, your thought was going to be like people get lazy and take advantage of the programs and don't right. stay productive. And, 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 you know, this is, this is the message that I, I, I do, uh, first of all, I'll get out to small business owners is that the Canadian emergency wage subsidy is still alive. Yes, um, it is. you know, uh, it's open to a broader range of small business owners the the uh the subsidy isn't necessarily but can be as high or higher but isn't necessarily as high as the 75 percent but people should still be talking to their accountants to run the numbers um some of these you know uh, calculations can surprise you that you you know you might actually qualify for a little bit of subsidy now some of the sentiment i've gotten from clients before is you know what i i i'm surviving i don't i don't want to take advantage um here uh, believe it or not a lot of small business owners they'll, they'll say no i don't want to take advantage i i'm doing all right and i look at everybody else but here's the thing we talk about foresight we don't yet know the effect, you know, you know, we're seeing effects, but we don't know the final effect that this pandemic is going to have on Canadian small business, right? Or even just the Canadian economy as a whole. Um, I think possibly the worst is still yet to come economically. I agree. And so... We're, it, we're heading into winter. Right. I mean, right. you know, the hospitality and tourism industry, yeah. uh, as decimated as it was, it was during the summer. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be... Well, and, and, and like if we, if we kind of play out the rip, the ripple effect here, um, there's some industries that we might not have even been able to think of that are going to be effective. So, so my, you know, my message is the programs are there for a reason. If you qualify, take advantage, you know, not take advantage of the system, but utilize, but utilize that system. It is there for that reason. And because this, this might be the difference between actually surviving a second wave and getting through it uh, or not. Or starting right? at zero again. Exactly. So, so you know, be diligent about checking those numbers to have a good dialogue with your accountant to, to make sure that if you're you're entitled to this. Uh, also, the uh, I'll mention that the SEBA, the which is the Canadian CBA. Emergency yeah. Business Account, is being expanded. Um, so, uh, folks, if uh, I do have a video, if I can uh, plug my... Uh, we'll put a link in the bottom of this cha- okay. bottom of this video so you can use that, and yep. we'll, we'll have reference to all of your stuff. As so well. just on my uh, on my website, yep. um, you can sign up for the video email list, and I, am, uh, I do release uh, um, constant news on the program so that small business owners can stay informed of this stuff. So. Well, you're one of the very few firms that actually makes videos available to your clients. Um, through social media platforms, which I applaud you for because very few people take the time and effort to be able to educate people. And I followed Thank it. You. you know, I yeah. follow it. So, Good. Nick, Thanks. you need to do more of that yourself from your office when it comes to your vehicles, man. Like, 
And if I'm going to buy a big guy you should, too, you man. Should, you know, you should be doing some featurettes on what's yeah. going on with the new technology. Oh, we for sure do. <laughs> we do. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, like, like, we, like we said, like, like those uh, those Jeep trucks there. Ooh. <laughs> I need to see I need to yeah. see you plugging those. Those are candy to watch. Those are those. sharp, right. those are sharp those are looking sharp. vehicles, man. Yeah, they really yeah, are. They really are. Big time. I have uh, one of the gals that actually graduated before you guys. Sean's graduating class. She actually mm-hmm. asked about that. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, it is, it's, it's, and, and the other thing I'd say to entrepreneurs is don't be afraid to start over. Yeah. You know, it's, we in society sometimes have so much pride. Losing's a part of it. Mark yeah. Cuban, Mark Cuban, who's, you know, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. And he, I watched a documentary on him and he owns, he's part owner of 150 different companies. And he says, listen, in those 150 different companies, I lose. I don't win in every situation. There's co- part of, there's companies that go bankrupt because they're great ideas, but they don't work mm-hmm. or, or it's, it's a seed that was planted. We thought it would happen and it didn't. It's, I think when you get to that level of billionaire or multi, 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 multi-millionaire, it's just part of the process. Um, when you're a small business owner, you have so much pride in your one business that you own. Mm-hmm. You're so afraid to say, Hey, I've done everything I could do, you know? Um, that's when you sit down with, you know, accounting firms that have the expertise and say, you know what, there's a different strategy. Mm. It may not be what you want, but it's the right thing to do. Mm. And that's part of those solutions. Yeah, it's not it, always, it's, it's not the, the only one you always should take, but it is part of it, John, because yeah. we're in the most difficult time of what we're dealing with economically. And since we've been kids, I can tell you that. Well, yeah, yeah. And I, and I think that Sometimes, uh, and, and small business owners are, are notorious for this, uh, me included sometimes, uh, we get in, in a certain mindset. We yeah. think uh, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is how it, it is. And, and that can be very dangerous, right? That can lead us down, um, you know, to get off the rails when, um, you know, like think, always thinking strategically. Think of business like a game of chess. That will never end, by the way. Right. Like there is no result in small business. I'm sorry to say, there's no finish line. The name of the game is surviving. It is as long as yep. you can in the game, and um, you know, and and understanding that every month, every quarter, every year, you need to sit down and think out a couple moves ahead. Right. Think and and when I say a couple of moves, think a couple of moves. Think the next ten years. Right. And know Reverse. that your opponent. Yeah, it's which doing is civilization. Yeah. Like you know yeah, that, yeah. Nick, Rick, right now yeah. with, with your business, like yeah. it's hard. You can even strategize that something's gonna happen. No. Yeah. And then that doesn't happen. And That's and you know what? It won't. <laughs> <laughs> like here's the the funny thing is is the the planning itself, none of these plans will will work out anywhere near the way you're thinking about it. It's it's the process of of thinking those couple of moves ahead, right? That keeps you in the game. That's right. Um you know, and, and understanding that you cannot lay a 10 year plan, like, like, like I said this all the time, lay out your 10, 10, 10 year plan and then revisit it every quarter. Yeah. We do every, that. We do that in sports. Yeah. We want to win the world series. Right. And then work backwards. Right. Right. So, you know, four years from now, we want to win the world series. And now let's work backwards from where That's we right. are now. Yep. Essentially what you right. do in business. And too. that 10 year story. It's going to be changing. It can change. That's all right. I mean, look at your industry, Nick, compared to you when your grandfather owned that company. To the amount of money you guys invest in technology on an annual basis. It's not even in the same 
football stadium. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, and it's changing. It's it's going quicker. Yeah, I mean, it's it's changing almost on a on a on a bi quarterly basis now. The technology that's coming coming through because society is changing. Yeah. They're wanting yeah. more green um, uh, initiatives. They're wanting more green technology. They're wanting um, things uh, to make their lives easier and more convenient. And uh, these major companies have to have to uh, come up with that. And there's stuff coming out all the time. It's it's quite an impressive industry, to be honest. With it you. is. It's not a brick and mortar company anymore. No. It no. really isn't. It's uh, no. and I've seen vehicles that have been on the road for wow, sixty years mm-hmm. down in Cuba, and and they look brand new. I mean, so, it's just, so you know, and, and, well, but, but the, the, the technology certainly is dramatically different, but, but think about no what, airbags in those cars. No. If we think about uh, like, you, you know, you, you're mentioning, um, an industry that, that they, what they get is that the first thing we got to always be doing is exciting our clients, exciting them, but understand that what excites them this year is an expectation next year. That's exactly right. Right? Backup cameras, yes. power windows, yes, <laughs> air conditioning. Absolutely. Like these are all base uh, items that would have been absolute luxurious, you know, only Cadillacs and the, That's right. Right? So so there are, those are expectations now. And so small business is no different. Like you always got to be thinking how can I excite and 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 take it up that next level. You never rest on well, you know, we did this and then, you know, always like what's going on? The SWOT analysis, like Absolutely. strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and yeah. threats. Like these aren't just textbook ag- academic things. These are the things you should be looking at quarterly. Like what is going on? What are my competitors doing? What am I doing better? How am I standing apart? Drew, right? Drew Brees talked about that. He's the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. He said the moment you become complacent is the moment you start falling behind. That's right. It's just, a, and that's, that's not just in sport. That's in life. That's in it's in business. It's it's in relationships. I mean, it's in your marriage. I mean, really, right. when you become complacent in your marriage, mm-hmm. it's the moment you start falling behind. You should always push, yeah. you know, to be innovative and creative and and find those new ways and to to, to make your spouse happy. It's, and and mm-hmm. you know, if if you're if the wives of, of all three of us are listening to this podcast, you know, we <laughs> encourage you to be innovative and creative. So, and I mean, if if, if we want to yeah. find a silver lining in COVID, and we and you know, the silver lining is very very thin. Like there's there's yeah. a lot of, not a lot of positive. But uh, personally speaking, I'm sure it would resonate with a lot of small business owners. It forced us to make these um, plans. It forced us to sit down, you know, uh, for many years. Oh, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time to do that. Well, this yeah, year make we, time. we didn't have a choice. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It forced us to sit down and hopefully it created some positive good habits yeah. uh, with small business owners that they now understand how important foresight and planning and strategic planning is uh, in their in their own businesses. I think yeah. businesses in general the think tankers are, are more prevalent now than ever before. You need to sit down and really put together a strategy. And, and that's really what you're emphasizing, John, is just, but think tankers, you need people that are going to sit down and say, how do, we, how do we make ourselves better in a multitude of different ways? But if we multiply that result business by business, town by town, province by province, throughout the whole country, it's a better O Canada. Yep. And we stay Number one. Yeah. You know, so taxes, yes. And that was the subject today is, is where do they come from? Why do we pay it? 
how do we, you know, become more efficient with it? How do we make people more accountable? But the, I think if you look at and evaluate where we're at as a country, we're not doing too bad of a job as entrepreneurs and citizens of the country. I will encourage our politicians, our representatives that are elected as elected officials. We need some more accountability. We need, we need to hold a standard of excellence at a governmental level that is transferable from government to government, four years to four years to four years, so that we see a plan long-term that we know keeps our country in a position. Longer better. than four years. That's exactly. <laughs> or five years. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and we don't yeah. restart, 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 and, and yeah. redirect. Because and, yeah. I think all politicians always say, you know, this is terrible, we'll make it better. Mm-hmm. That's terrible, we'll make it better. Well, how are we number one in a place to live in the world that means we've held a high standard. That's right. However, how do we make it better as Canadians? We're in the same jersey. That's why I think, I, I said this to Michael last week, I really believe indiv- individual representation at a provincial and federal level would make our government even more accountable and stronger. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you remember Garth Turner? No. Garth Turner used to be a financial planner okay. for the Canadian government, and he was elected. Um, oh, boy. 20 years ago, and he always questioned the PC party. He was with the Progressive Conservative Party, but he, he was one of those guys that always asked a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. They threw him out of the party. <laughs> they threw him out of the party yeah. because he asked too many questions. So yeah, well, uh, you yeah, can't just tow the rope as a political party. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm not being disrespe- disrespectful to our wonderful MP that lives here. Yeah. I mean, Bernadette Jordan is our elected official on her second term, but... How in the world do you become the minister of fisheries when you have no expertise in it at all? Like, Nick, that's like saying, I want you to go be a mechanic in the back shop. You know? That's not going to happen. Right? <laughs> but, but you've never ever been no. educated in that field. That's right. How do you ever, in politics, become the minister of the fisheries industry, which is one of the most important industries in our province, yep. and not have any experience in it? How would you qualify for that? But in politics, if you tow the rope, you get, you're given those positions because you're loyal to the party. If it's done at an individual representation level, you find the most qualified person in the country to be the minister of fisheries. The most qualified one, not the most loyal one. Well, we had uh, an attorney general that uh, tried <laughs> that and uh, didn't, didn't fare out so well. Absolutely. You know, and I think if you take people with strong skill sets in those areas. And we, I don't know if we'll ever be able to accomplish political reform because it's not easy. But if we did, I, my personal belief is that that direction makes everyone more accountable. Mm -hmm. And when you're a business owner, if you're a consultant or a coach, because in your case, you're not just a, you're not a chartered accountant. You're more of a a chartered accountant slash coach mentor. Totally. Right. Yep. And we need more of those people at our, a governmental level. That's what we need. We really do. So you want to run for politics? <laughs> no. I, you know what? I, I can almost, almost, I'll never say never, but I guarantee no. <laughs> but I, I will always be paying attention to the policies yeah. of the party. I will always vote. I will, you know, like ask lots of questions. Yeah. Right. That's our duty. That's and our kids, 100%. the and, next and generation, let our your kids, kids see this. And right. let's let's get into different forms of education. Let's be more innovative. Let's yeah. push the envelope. Let's be a standard and a leader in the world. Yeah. You know, 100%. oh Canada, I, I just love saying it. And yeah. Yeah. and we are looked upon 
in Cuba as the greatest country in the world because they admire us so much because we, are. Because we support mm-hmm. them so much and we're so empathetic to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, kudos to everyone that's listening to the podcast. I mean, if you, if you're from another country, you should probably consider immigrating here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the country is, uh, we're, over, we're number one in the world in quality of life. We're number two in the world overall. And score. Out of adventure, citizenship, wow. cultural yeah. influence, entrepreneurship, heritage, movers, yeah. everything. Yeah. It's kind of like we got this little secret that uh, we don't want to tell everybody. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I, I, the, yeah. the snow yeah. is a big, you know, a, a big part of, you know, well, we have great seasons. You know, too. I've been watching a lot of the, the rallies going on down in the States and, mo- and a lot of the city, except for Florida, but a lot of the cities, they're, they're wearing gloves and mittens and there's snow coming down. So, know. Uh, you know, this whole, uh, <laughs> the, the another reason why North. Nova Scotia is so attractive is we get yeah. that, 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 the Gulf Stream, Gulf Stream coming yeah, yeah. out that oh, kind of knocks us down. Oh, that we yeah. only get a few storms a that's year. Right. So. That's right. Not not that we're saying you guys should move to all move to Nova Scotia, but we'd love to have you, innovative and creative people move here. A lot of folks are coming here. Yeah, that's the yeah, truth. Yeah, I see that a lot of getting lots yep. of new clients from all over the Absolutely. states, Ontario. You know, it's crazy. You, you can just yep. the percentage of houses that were sold here or something. Oh, oh yeah, it's astronomical. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I well, could have sold this house ten times over. A, yeah. a non bricks and mortar business. Yeah. The technology is here. Well, that's yeah, and that's, yeah, that's right. When I when I it was eight eight years ago or nine years ago when I ran for political office here for to be a town councilor, I was probably before my time. I was saying things to senior citizens that was just whoop, right over their heads. Like I was talking about being innovative and creative. Where I would like to bring mom or dads back home, mm-hmm. one mother or one father back home, mm-hmm. and open small businesses in the home mm-hmm. where you can raise your children. You can you can see them go to school. You can see them when they when I when I came home from school, I saw my mother every day. Yeah, every day. Yeah. And I don't know how much value I can place on that right now. Well, you know, it's funny you say. Co- another silver lining is is uh, my kids come home every day to me. Yeah, with with dinner cooked. Absolutely yeah. right. I mean, so, how yes. much now? It depends on how good of a cook you are, not John. But oh, I mean, you think I'm a, a good rock star? Wait, wait, you taste my cooking. All right, man. It's good. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, you think about that, that yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to create innovation where almost like the Michelin effect and a home level. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Michelin outsources a lot of the product to the world. And we have a great industry in our community that employs a lot of people. It's, it's the largest in our community. That's right. Well, break it down into smaller components and put them in the households and let's train three, four, 500 people to run businesses out of their home, but outsource the product or services to the world. Right. Take that income, bring it back into our community to circulate in our economy. Mm-hmm. When I said that, they said, this guy's an alien, right? And I, I understand that because it's, we always talk about the same subjects in politics, taxes, you know, Streets. roads, <laughs> roads, you know, yeah. and, and hospitals. It's, yeah. it's the same old subject all the time. Yeah. But we need to get more innovative in that area too. That's right. We need people that are going to, you know, and that's why my conversation with Michael Grace came in because he, he really was. And, and, and David Mitchell has done a great job we, in regards to being more innovative. Yeah. We're not just, you know, that little town that seems to always say, ah, oh, we're never going to get anywhere. Mm. I think we're pushing in the right direction and creating momentum. That's right. And the people that are innovative and creative in our community needs to step up to the plate, no pun intended, when it comes to baseball, <laughs> but that we can all be on that team 
and wear that jersey. I, I should share. Uh, there, there's some. There's, there's some cool things going on right now. I'm, I'm actually uh, part of a team of there's uh, nine other bi- uh, community leaders, right. um, and we're we're actually uh, in January, um, um, uh, kicking off uh, the regional entrepreneurial accelerator program Love that's it. put on by MIT. Love it. And what that does is we're going to look for. Um, you know, entrepreneurial opportunities throughout our region, and that being Lunenburg County, Queens, um, for you know, for for opportunities to to ignite entrepreneurship, ignite you know, to 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 take a look at what our assets are, and uh, you know, um, that's really exciting. Where we were supposed to go down to MIT, and it got thrown out. Oh, look at the situation. COVID. So, yeah. so, so it's, it's all zoom, but, um, so, so, and so, some of these, some of the folks on this team are very talented folks and we're, we're really excited Good. about that. So uh, more to, more to come, uh, you know, um, as, as we progress, but. Well, as it does progress, I mean, mm. cause I know you're interested in, in possibly starting your own podcast, but you're welcome here anytime to talk about those Thanks, things that yeah. come up because it's, yeah. it's, it's about inf- once again, informing people. Yeah. That's right. It's about, that's one of the, the, the messages that we wanted to portray as, as a family living in this community is that we have some dynamic people that live here. Yeah, we do. You always watch, you know, the Joe Rogan experience or Ben Shapiro and these mm-hmm. guys, and they're always putting these movie stars, uh, actors, uh, political figures that are at, you know, the international level that you see on television. We have some incredibly talented people where we live. Yeah. And that's what we are, our, our, our message is, you know, global topics from a community perspective because we have leaders and innovators where we live that um, should be put on stage, that should be applauded and and really um, given an opportunity to have a voice and and really show what we have to offer as as Nova Scotians. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm really excited about the progress that we've already made. It's been an incredible journey. And and one of the things as an entrepreneur that I think we all can agree on is that – we always seem to think about the destination, but really it's about the journey. Yeah. Uh, a great book that I read last year said, you know, you're, you're, you're entrepreneurial or, or, or even, you know, through sports or life is, you know, you're going up this mountain and there's challenges and storms and, but you get to the top of the mountain, right? And you go, I've made it. I'm there. So what do you see? When you get there, <laughs> the next, the next mountain, <laughs> the next mountain, <laughs> yeah. the next, I mountain. guess, unless you're on, what's the, what's the, uh, Kilimanjaro, what's the biggest mountain? <laughs> Everest? Then you're like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Get some taking up skydiving. That's, That's right. the truth. It's the next mountain, John. And it's just you, uh, that, so the journey is important. It is. We cherish the journey. And I think if we, if we continue to cherish the journey, then we're going to be, uh, he's a good producer. Oh, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, he, he thinks on his feet, man. He thinks wow. on his feet, yeah. right? So, so once again, guys, thank yeah, you so much for coming into the studio. Congrats today on the new podcast, man! This yeah, is, no, wow, we're, this we're is gonna, the real yeah, deal. Little real itty deal. bitty Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, but yeah. it just goes to show that you can ah. duplicate success anywhere in the world. Yeah. That's really what it's all about. Yeah. And I'm yeah. glad that and the door is always open and the microphones mm. are always on for you guys for awesome. sure. So that's great, John Swain, yeah. Nick Saunders here on our weekly woodcast with Dennis and Michael Woodworth. And we'll look forward to hearing you guys next week. Uh, Same bat time, same bat channel. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. See you guys. Thanks.